0: We are a people that follow after those things That make for peace, love, and unity It is our desire that others' feet may walk in the same We do deny and bear our testimony Against all strife and wars and contention.
1: Appendix 3 Modern Quakerism, a Fragmented Society, the Historic Separation Among Friends. A traveler from among 21st century Quakers said, You need a map, a lexicon, and a code book to tell who's who among these Quakers today. Toward the end of the 18th century, Some friends began to be significantly influenced by broader movements such as individualism, liberal Protestant theology, deism, and, sometime later, spiritualism. Two separations took place in this context, one in Ireland over the role of the scriptures and one in New England, where some friends, the quote-unquote New Lights, denied the divinity of Jesus but emphasized their immediate inspiration to reject traditional practices and, for example, taking up wearing swords. News of these separations drew the attention of many American friends who grew concerned about the spiritual decline and who sought to uphold the substance of friends' faith. These friends were Orthodox friends who were diverse in many respects. Some were open to others to cooperating with evangelicals, for example, but who were united in certain beliefs. Allen and Richard Thomas, in their book, History of Friends in America, describe these beliefs, quote, With some slight differences of opinion, they held to the simple statements of the Gospels concerning the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ and to his essential oneness with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. While not calling the Bible the Word of God, They firmly believed in its inspiration. While the Spirit was primary, they maintained that the Scriptures bore testimony to the Spirit and the Spirit to the Scriptures, so that to be completely furnished, both are needed. They held that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross was necessary for the sins of the whole world, and that through this sacrifice, the gift of the Spirit is given to every man that cometh into the world they believed that the light of Christ shone into the hearts of all, and that everyone would be judged according to the light given to him. The Orthodox friends soon began focusing their objections on a popular minister from New York yearly meeting, who they believed embodied the influences of the secular world they feared would undermine the society. His name was Elias Hicks, they believed that he denied the divinity of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death, or at least that he understood them in a different way from what Friends had historically. As the Orthodox Friends moved to censure Hicks, he gained a considerable number of supporters. Most of these supporters were not necessarily sympathetic to Hicks' views as such, but rather supported his individual freedom of religion. The Orthodox, however, did not consider Hicks an individual, but rather as a recorded minister of New York Yearly Meeting, which was a specific and special office. In the role of recorded minister, Hicks had considerable influence, but he was also subject to the elders' oversight. Thus, the resulting tensions involved concern over not only faith, but also practice. How much power should the elders have to regulate the ministers? The conflict grew until 1827 and 1828 when it split five American yearly meetings. Philadelphia, New York, Baltimore, Indiana, and Ohio. Numerically, about 60% of Friends were Orthodox, and about 40% were Hicksites. The numbers in any given yearly meeting varied, of course. The historical result was the two groups of yearly meetings and the permanent disintegration of the Society of Friends. The United Society of Friends that had ended the 18th century was now split into two groups, each claiming to be the one true society. After the Hicksite Orthodox separation, the Orthodox Friends themselves began to divide into different groups. Generally, the divisions among Orthodox Friends were between a minority who wanted to maintain traditional Quaker theology and traditional Quaker lifestyle, and the Orthodox friends who sought a greater consistency with the theology and lifestyles of evangelical Protestants. These divisions began in the 1840s and have lasted into the 21st century. The initial divisions coalesced around the ministry of Joseph John Gurney. He was a prominent English friend who toured American meetings with great success. Gurney believed that early Friends had erred on certain theological issues. He distinguished between justification and sanctification, which early Friends insisted were one process of reconciliation with God. While he believed that Friends should retain their commitments to their testimonies, such as waiting worship and the ministry of women and peace, he encouraged cooperation with evangelical Protestants on common causes. Evangelicals at this time were noted especially for their social work with poor and in seeking social reforms. The friend whose name began to symbolize conservative opposition to Gurneyism was John Wilbur. Conservatives characterized Gurney as a restless spirit and believed that his distinction between justification and sanctification while maintaining the role of faith and salvation de-emphasized, perhaps disregarded, The need of that faith to produce works. The leaders of Wilbur's yearly meeting, New England, were Gurneyites who disowned Wilbur for their criticisms of Gurney. About 10% of the Friends in New England Yearly Meeting formed a conservative yearly meeting in response, and the division between conservatives and Gurneyites continued throughout other yearly meetings, with the Gurneyites in the majority in most yearly meetings. By 1900, Some Gurneyites embraced evangelical theology and cooperation with other Christians, but continued with unprogrammed worship and emphasis on traditional Quaker testimonies. However, most Gurneyites were moved to embrace programmed meetings with paid pastors. Though a minority of Gurneyites pled for a return to traditional Quaker faith and practice, this minority was outnumbered about 8 to 1. Over the next 50 years, Gurneyite Quakerism underwent substantial changes of the sort conservatives predicted. The enthusiasm to cooperate with evangelical Protestants and the Gurneyite understanding of justification by faith at the expense of works opened Gurneyite friends to mainstream Protestant practices. Several trends among Gurneyites were taken to their logical conclusion. First was the trend to abolish the distinctive lifestyle of friends. Second was the use of programmed meetings, which were initially justified as teaching meetings to attract new converts to Quakerism, but soon became interdenominational revival meetings in many places. Third was the use of professional pastors who were initially hired in order to minister to the new converts recruited through the revival meetings. Thus, by 1875, A Methodist minister to a Gurneyite yearly meeting reported he felt as at home as he would at a Methodist meeting. The time honored term, Quaker, once meant something very clear. It denoted a radical faithfulness to Christ Jesus, who friends experienced as present and powerful both in their lives and in the world. It denoted a polity, a faith, and obedience to the Lord in the way life was to be lived, keeping his commandments. It denoted a system of faith and practice in which everything was structured to maximize the presence power and direction of christ jesus in the lives of his followers at least four current divisions of friends today claim the name of quaker to varying degrees degrees so diverse as to suggest that most have largely divorced themselves from the original quaker revelation faith doctrine and practices these four groups can be categorized as liberalism, universalism and hyphenated Quakers, evangelicalism, and conservative Quakerism. Liberalism. Liberalism among friends can be traced to the Hicksite defense of spiritual individualism. The spiritual freedom of individual friends is perhaps the most important principle of liberal Quakerism. Liberalism among friends, however, has a second source, which is found in Gurneyite Quakerism. One of the groups of Gurneyite friends who objected to the holiness and revivalist influences on Gurneyites became a progressive liberal influence in Quakerism. Their liberalism sought to make Quakerism consistent with the trends in science, education, arts, and politics, Liberalism among Friends today is found among both unprogrammed meetings and pastoral meetings. It has been substantially influenced by mainstream liberal theology, politics, and culture. Pastoral liberal Friends tend to be affiliated with Friends United Meeting, while unprogrammed liberal Friends tend to be affiliated with Friends General Conference or one of the independent Western Yearly Meetings, for example, Pacific Yearly Meeting. Universalism and the Rise of the Hyphenated Quaker Rufus Jones was a liberal Gurneyite friend who claimed that the early Quakers were mystics who had only nominal convictions about Jesus of Nazareth. Although Jones identified as a Christian, his writings paved the way for the growth of universalism among friends. Quaker universalism describes Quakerism as a mystical spirituality that transcends Christianity and other religions. For the Universalist, Quakerism is a method that can be shared by spiritual seekers of all the world's religions and those who claim no religion. Among the Universalist Quakers are those who self-describe as Buddhist Quaker, Pagan Quaker, Jewish Quaker, Wiccan Quaker, and non-theist Quaker. Those universalist Quakers who identify themselves as Christians usually prefer the term Christocentric Quaker. Universalist Quakerism in this sense is almost entirely confined to unprogrammed meetings affiliated with Friends General Conference or one of the independent Western Yearly Meetings, such as Inner Mountain Yearly Meeting. Evangelicalism. While some pastoral meetings are are liberal Christian congregations with many similarities to mainline liberal denominations. Most pastoral meetings are evangelical. Some of these friends identify more with the wider evangelical movement than with Quakerism, though other evangelical friends value their Quaker identity at least as much as their evangelical one. Some evangelical friends also identify with the Wesleyan Holiness Movement or the Fundamentalist movement. Most Evangelical congregations are affiliated with Evangelical Friends International, while many are affiliated with Friends United Meeting. Conservative Quakerism Conservative Friends believe themselves to have preserved the essence of historic Quakerism, understood at a minimum to be unprogrammed worship and a Christian identity. However, Conservative Friends are by no means uninfluenced by the larger movement among Friends. Perhaps conservative friends might be best understood as the group least influenced by the other movements, but influenced nonetheless. Thus, there are conservative versions of liberal, universalist, and evangelical friends, but they tend to be more moderate than their counterparts in other Quaker branches. The result is considerable diversity among conservative friends. Those who continue to find the witness of early friends the most consistent with their own experiences are, of course, the most conservative of the conservatives, but, as has been true since the first Orthodox divisions, the least in number. There are three conservative yearly meetings, none of which is affiliated with a larger body of friends, though the term conservative is also claimed by individual friends in other yearly meetings. This recording marks the end of our reading of traditional Quaker Christianity. We hope thee has enjoyed hearing it as much as the narrator has had in reading it. If thee continues to have an interest in this topic, we invite thee to visit our website at ohioyoraming.org. There, thee will find information and links to online worship and study groups under the heading of OYM Online. In fact, as of the recording of this episode in second month of 2023, there is a study group based on precisely this book. A link can be found in the show notes of this podcast episode.
0: We are a people that follow after those things that make for peace, love, and unity. It is our desire that others' feet may walk in the same. We do deny Testimony against all strife and wars and contention.
1: This podcast has presented a portion of the book, Traditional Quaker Christianity. The book was assembled and edited by Cherry Wallace, Jack and Susan Smith, and Arthur Burke. It was read by Chip Thomas and the audio edited by the same. The words for our musical introduction are from Margaret Fell's Letter to the King in 1660. They were arranged and sung by Paulette Meyer. We welcome feedback on this and any of our podcast episodes. Please email us at oymconservative at gmail.com.